Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's BudPod74. Is 74 anything to you, Phil? Ding, ding, ding. Round 74 in uh, the boxing match between the world and Phil and Pierre. Who will win this one? <laughs> <laughs> will we finally get that knockout we've been waiting for? Um, right 70... now, it's 74 and 0 to the world. <laughs> 74. Um, a, a, um, a, I mean, yeah, again, heavenly, a heavenly score. 74. A heavenly score, nice. Uh, how have you been, Pierre? I did, I did a gig yesterday, a real-life performance in front of people yes how did it feel it felt great at first you know when you first get on stage everyone's wearing their masks everyone looks like sub-zero from mortal Kombat. it's a bit (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a little unnerving but but what's funny actually is because i haven't been on stage for so long i've sort of forgotten what to compare it to so it felt like an almost completely new experience, and it was fine. Interesting. And everyone had a good time, I I think. And I yeah, I was just I was really grateful that people put it on and put it together and came. It was great. It's good fun. Yeah. Well, this I I um I also did my first real life gig in a long time on Saturday, and I think we both did them at the Battersea Arts Centre, did we not? Yeah. Yep. Shout out to the BAC. So for anyone yeah. listening who lives in London, the Battersea Arts Centre is doing socially distanced shows in its courtyard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have what I had, which is when I did my first gig after a long time, before the gig I sort of thought, because um, comedy comedy is a drug, stand-up comedy is an addictive drug, um, Yeah, which is why it drives so many people insane and, yeah. and <laughs> makes, them, makes them sacrifice like their whole lives on its behalf, like... Uh, Oh, remortgage kind of, houses, yeah. Exactly, like a long, some sort of long-term drug addiction thing. Uh, and so there was a part of me thinking, like, maybe I'm free. I gone cold turkey for 140 days, you know. Maybe I mm. can just have this pint. I'm free, and uh, maybe I'll be on stage. And while I'm talking, maybe it'll go really badly because now I can't do it anymore. Or maybe it'll go well, but I'll still have this voice in my head saying, "No, Pierre." You become a doctor to save the children a higher <laughs> calling and then I'd, I'd i could feel in my soul while i was on stage ah this is this part of my life is over and uh nope nope still a drug addict well in the time of, of global pandemic i think actually Pierre, we need comedians more than we need doctors uh, yeah laughter is yeah. the best medicine it is the best medicine and where else are you going to get your truth from if not from the noble jester whispering difficult truths into the king's ear that's what that's what we're for 
Oh, man. If someone had only roasted that bat in Wuhan. <laughs> well, they did. That was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you should have cooked it all the way through, damn it. <laughs> hey, nice wings. Are you a goth bird? That kind of thing. <laughs> uh, oh. um, um, but yes. So are you still a drug addict as well, then? You felt the thrill. I... I really did, and I'm actually annoyed I don't have a gig again tonight because I just want to want to get back up there. Come on, let me at him, let me at him. I'm like a scrawny guy in an old cartoon, just putting up his dukes. Let me at him, let me at well, him. Scrappy do, scrappy do, yeah, yeah. So flicking my nose and waving my fists in front of me. Let me at him. Scrappy do was an annoying little piece of shit, wasn't he? I when I, I oh. every time Scooby Doo came on and there was a Scrappy do episode, I'd. Like, I'd go, oh, f- fuck off. Stop, tr- <laughs> stop trying to relate to me, H- Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, and also, like, it's quite funny because it's such a pandering character in so mm. many ways, and I cannot think of a single child or adult who I have talked to about Scrappy-Doo that liked him. Pandering is the word. I think now you say that, it, I realize it was my first conscious experience of being pandered to yeah and you know and i mean by a big faceless corporation at a distance the exactly the grossest kind and i remember watching scrappy do and thinking is this what hannah barbera think of me I th- <laughs> this is insulting this is child face <laughs> it is isn't it it's child face that's what scrappy do is yeah, it's child face. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I didn't understand... Child face. Uh, I didn't understand why it is... Shameful. Shameful follows a shameful tradition of child face. That would not be acceptable yes. anymore. Yes, yes. Well, in the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, Every they Easter, those, um, they have a big... Uh, Little Pete, they call him. He's a grown yeah, Kleine, man. The... Kleine Peter. Kleine Peter, full the grown man, Full grown man with a child mask on. It's really offensive. Yeah, the, old, the older the man, the better, they think. <laughs> Outrageous. Um, yeah, Scrappy I... Deal was my first experience of pandering. Interesting. But I never understood. So his whole thing is he's scrappy and he wants to fight the ghosts, right? Yeah. But they never let him. He's always going like, oh, I'll find the vampire. And they go, no. And they have to like run back and quickly grab him by the scruff of the neck and, and then rescue him. So he's still running away like they are. Right. Yeah. So in effect, what is he, what is he adding to the, the equation? Yeah. What's he bringing to the table? And also, the, the reason they did that is because if in one episode they'd gone, ah, oh, it's a spooky Dracula, and they'd run away, and Scrappy-Doo had gone, meh, and just punched Dracula in the balls, and Dracula, who's actually an old caretaker, had gone, oh, Jesus, <laughs> and just doubled over, and like th- vomited. They would have I mean, all that, gone, oh, oh, gosh, it's the cleaner. Yeah. So that's okay. it, that is... That is the great underlying tragedy of, of the Scooby-Doo franchise, is that Scrappy-Doo had it right the, <laughs> the whole time. And if only they'd let him fight these septuagenarians in bedsheets, 
they'd have solved every case in a matter of minutes, seconds. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Is what what if you're dressed as a a ghoul or a goblin because you're trying to scare people away from a theme park? I mean, what do they do when they when they catch the Shaggy? Were they going to just stab him to death with a knife? (laughs) They're chasing them. They've got to have a thought of what if I catch them. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they just sort of grab them and just just slowly push them out of the theme park. There you go. Don't come back. Yeah, maybe that would be it. Also, how are Scooby and Shaggy still afraid of ghosts, having more proof than anyone else that ghosts do not exist? It just, just they're just high. <laughs> it's got to be why. <laughs> they're just so high that they forget that the ghosts aren't real. And yeah, you know what, I mean, what's tragic is people always laugh at Scooby Doo for being dumb and silly but he's arguably the smartest dog that's ever lived he can speak a bit of english <laughs> he can speak a bit of english a bit of english and he understands all english he understands all <laughs> english not just sit and roll over and fetch he understands the 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 i the, the concept of existential threat of yeah. of corruption of yeah. Of, of of waiting for future reward. That's a concept some humans don't understand. Whereas they can say mm-hmm. to him, we'll give you Scooby Snacks if you fucking calm down or whatever. And he understands. He understands the idea of vested interest. <laughs> He's the Einstein <laughs> of the dog world and we spit He's on the, his face. We spit on him. Or we shit on his memory. Because <laughs> he has a speech impediment. That's the only reason. And a bit of a snack problem. <laughs> He's... <laughs> if you encountered a dog a half as smart as Scooby-Doo in real life it would cause a, a global incident he'd be banned from Crufts because not, not people that, assumed like, he was drugging because he's such, but he's you'd such have a smart to, like, dog it, it would genuinely be have, to, have to be addressed by like the Pope <laughs> The current doctrine of the Catholic Church and most religions worldwide is that animals do not have souls, but we can chat to this fucking dog. This changes everything. They're capable of higher thought. What happened to this dog that is like this now? He has his own brand of snacks. So he's capable of, like, small business ownership. Yeah. He has a small business. on various occasions, he's, he's capable of disguising himself as a human and driving. <laughs> How many dogs are there? Like this. <laughs> it would it, it would change human morality. <laughs> You'd be able to ask a dog like if it has memories and what how and what form do they take? You get a Nobel Prize. Can he read? I swear you could like read signs, couldn't you? That say sort of "Do not enter" or like, yeah, ghosts af- afoot or something. And you yeah, go, the sort of signs you'd get in school. Yeah, oh, oh, parking between four and ten. Oh. <laughs> 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 
The smartest dog yeah. that ever lived, and we spit on his grave. Yeah, yeah. It would change everything. It would change all sort of human society if we could figure that out. Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting, like, if you could get animals able to talk, if you could teach them to speak, some of them, it would be interesting if some types of animal turned out to be, just be horrible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like most every cow. Huh? Most animals would be horrible. But I mean, like, uh, <laughs> at, le- at least with, you know, dogs or cats or some of the things that they say would be like, oh, I love uh, being on your lap or whatever, like nice things. Mm-hmm. Or, but then like, what if it's like uh, every fox just thinks like, it's not just like animal thoughts, it's like malice. <laughs> I can't wait to tear its head off like mad, horrible things. Yeah, like it takes pleasure. It's not just for survival that it kills things. It takes yeah. pleasure from it. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, if if a fox gets into a hen house, it kills all the chickens and only eats one. They go, they're horrible. They right. Go mad. Yeah. Gross. No thanks. Yeah, that's it. Maybe, uh, <laughs> you got a shark to talk and it had the nicest thoughts of all. You'd feel horrible. <laughs> you finally got sharks to speak and they were just going just really nice idiots yeah they're all really good singers <laughs> yeah sharks sharks thinking crooning somewhere beyond the sea somewhere uh, oh don't harpoon me no <laughs> she's there watching for me even when their eyes roll back and they're shredding a seal or whatever, they're still just doobie bop boop. Still really calm. It makes no difference to them. Yeah, them them sort of <laughs> creeping up on a surfer. Just. <laughs> <laughs> King of the road. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the good life. All of fun. Seems to... Yeah. Crooning sharks. Crooning sharks. Lounge sharks. Today is an auspicious day, Phil, because today would have been the start of the Edinburgh Fring. Yes, the the Edinburgh Gus Fring would have started today. Yeah. Um, I keep forgetting that it 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 um it would have been today, um, because I I don't know I see the Edinburgh Fringe as a sort of uh, kind of a, a professional requirement and engagement, and so like I don't have a, the kind of emotional attachment that a lot of people have for it i think it and i uh have a what's what the cost of kind of a symbiotic relationship you know i am i am i'm i'm merely an egret that feeds off the lice and ticks on its buffalo back Uh, you know i mean and i don't really miss the buffalo i don't think i mean egret i think it's a smaller bird that does that but 
But I keep forgetting that it's supposed to be on until I see someone post, oh, today would have been the day that I would have had an existential crisis on a train on the way up to Scotland. And I, I, I don't have, you know, I don't really have... I'm not, I'm not a nostalgic person anyway, Pierre, you know this. I, I do. I think the past is, is the past and I don't really care about it because it's, I've got all I can out of it. It's... I, I, I sort of miss it, but then I think it must be different for you because you've had a couple of years off, right? Two? No. I mean, I was there last life, year. life, I mean, from the fringe? Oh! Um, gosh, yeah, maybe it is two. Yeah. Yeah. I think you took two. a break from it twice at various points, whereas uh, this would have been my 11th fringe in a row. Wow, really? Yeah, I've never had a break. Not since uh, first year of university. Gosh, darn it. So this is the first yeah, time in 11 years you've been outside of Scotland in August. Uh, yeah, I think mathematically, first time in 10 years, but 11 fringes, yeah. Huh. So yeah, yeah. For a decade, I have been living in Scotland for in Edinburgh for one month of every year, and now it's gone. And I mean, even then, I'm not as nostalgic as some people we know, because at the end of the day, it was like... Uh, uh, an enormous month-long harrowing casino. Um, that was also a sort of comedy summer camp where yes, you got to um, hang out with your friends under the most fraught conditions imaginable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, there was something of the uh, boot camp about it, definitely. Yeah. And also, um, because comedians are inherently always swirling around the country, and often when you do a gig at the, especially at the level that you and I are at, you aren't you you not always true, but you're often the only person from like your year, as it were, on the bill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's for for a lot of my friends, it's quite rare for us to be on the, uh, the same bill. And so for a month, if you get to hang out in a in a in a bar that's open to performers only and it's open till 5 a.m then that's the ultimate uh hanging out catch up cool guy fun time mm, mm, mm. that's right yeah um but yeah what today would have been the the start would you were you gonna do this year no no i wasn't um, uh, well there you go i was pretty lucky you really the right Be- before the pandemic i'd already planned not to do any festivals this year really and and so it's worked out um, in my favor in that sense um i've become very callous by the way over the last yes. uh, few weeks i was callous already and now i'm even more callous uh, so just heads up folks <laughs> the, the new phil wang is dreadfully callous and um, i'm not going to shy away from um showing that on stage uh no i yes i uh i wasn't going to do it this year but you know the when i, I the two years ago when I didn't do it, I came up for two days and I just watched as a just as a pure punter, and I had the like the best time in the world. I loved it so much. So mm. I think from from a punter's point of view, I think it's a terrible shame, and it's a lot of fun just to go on. And it, it is an extraordinary phenomenon. Uh, but from an industry standpoint, from a comedy standpoint, I think it might end up being a good thing. I think, I think. We need. I think the industry needs to take a break from the professional for a year, gain some perspective. I think. I think we lose our minds going up every year. 
I think the industry yeah. goes a bit insane, and it's nice to. It's always good to break patterns. That's the thing. When something becomes a bit tired, it's always good to break patterns. And I think the festival might come out better. I think it might be less bloated, uh, and um, and I think there's there's a bit of a. I mean, now I've really got my callous numbers hat on. <laughs> I think the people of Edinburgh, a lot, a lot of people have been in Edinburgh really supportive of the Fringe and love it. But a lot of I've I find it a, a nuisance and a, disrup- yeah. a disruption and distraction. And I think the uh, the economic hit of not having the Edinburgh Fringe will renew a sense of appreciation for it among um, people there. But whether, <clears throat> although you know that economic hit will probably be buried under the economic hit of the pandemic anyway, so people might not notice it. Well, uh, Edinburgh University is certainly going to be in trouble because they make a huge mm. proportion of their budget from the fringe and they've lost the international 35k a year or whatever it is students. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's going to be difficult for the, uh, for the Edinburgh University, certainly. But hopefully, as you say, because, I mean, as much as it's like a delightful thing, like the, 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 the city does put its huckster shyster hat on and does punch as much money as it can out of your guts it really does uh, with, whether you're a punter or a, or an act and so maybe when it comes back although the ultimate uh, sort of joke of it would be if it came back and it was like twice as money grubbing as before well to that's make the up thing this year. That's, that's that's what's going to happen that's what's going to happen is it's just going oh, to be God. even more expensive because they've got so many losses Ew. to make up god tatties and neeps for twenty dollars a pound no way (laughs) ten pounds for tatties ten pounds for neeps oh oh i'm sorry don't you want neeps (laughs) oh just the tatties today then all right well uh, it's a real shame i've got a van full of neeps right here i'm just gonna have to drive it away it's the kind of thing they'll say (laughs) put the they'll put the thumbscrews on us neeps wise phil I, I feel, you know what I feel about the Edinburgh Fringe not being on this year is the same way I feel about like universities and schools having to close is just how lucky I am to be past the point in my life where I really needed those things. We, yes, we're we're actually we're so lucky. I feel so sorry for kids who are doing their exams and do, it's about to start university because you know this is so disruptive to such a formative few years. And I feel that, and the, the same thing is going to happen to new comedians this year who who needed the Edinburgh Fringe to get a foothold on on the the industry's ladder. But then I get callous and I go, well, good, because as I've said to you, Pierre, there's nothing Asian people are better at than pulling the ladder up. And <laughs> and the pandemic has really pulled the ladder up for me and my and people of of my generation for a <laughs> for a year at least. The one the one bunch of students I don't feel sorry for is first year uni students. Yeah. Cuz that's a lifelong excuse that they've got and that's very valuable. An excuse to say what? Cuz they'll be like no matter what goes wrong they can be like well of course the the the, the pandemic. Right, so like later when they're on their fifth divorce. And they're like, well, you know, exactly. I missed Freshers' Week, so. Well, they could yeah, just be sure. like, well, 
because because they, they they don't miss the actual like you like more vital necessary teaching of say the second year or third year just especially the third year where it's the actual exams you're missing but then they get to say well you know it it all started with such a disruption i could never quite uh, catch up enough to get the top result you know your honor oh, otherwise i definitely would have yeah that's totally what i would do i'd be like oh the pandemic i'd blame it for everything <laughs> And I will be. I will be blaming it for everything from now on. That will be my. Uh, that will be my strategy. Um, uh, yes, I'm going to be. Uh, yeah, that's that's the one group where I think it's first year, so you know, not too crucial. I mean, I guess it's a shame if they're you know actual you know doctors or whatever. But even then, it's still first year. I've got so many years of learning to. F- you figure it out. You figure it out. But like yeah. a first year art student, hey, fill your boots. Enjoy, man. Enjoy. Yeah, you 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 you'll have about as much contact time as you would have anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah, three hours a month. Read these fourteen books. <laughs> you won't. You know. Yeah, just pop I've out an there. essay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Maybe, maybe without being able to go and get battered all the time, and the, with the, you know, <laughs> the resentment of having to wake up early to go to the lectures, you'll actually be able to do all the reading on the reading list. Imagine, Imagine this, that. This year turns out the yeah the most advanced year of academics in centuries because they can't get wasted and also then also they just got finally got left alone <laughs> so it's just like a filter for like everyone who's naturally naturally like learning on their own like coming up with their own thoughts their own ideas as opposed to being told what to think and so it'll be like 15 percent unleashed geniuses 85 percent uh, you have to repeat the year. Right. Interesting. So, like, for that small group of people who do better with with fewer, you know, top-down inputs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're going to flourish, and everyone else is going to be like, but what do we believe about this? Which is good, because then the universities are preparing the next generation of work-from-homers, <laughs> which is what yes, the, that's the economy is going to be now for the rest of the oh, century. God. I will say, um, I was speaking to friend of the podcast and, and uh, wonderful comedian, Daniel Muggleton, Australian comedian. Oh, yeah. Danny and, Muggs. Uh, yeah. Old Danny Muggs. And he's out in Australia enjoying their various uh, uh, versions of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, Shout out uh, to people in Melbourne. Stay strong. Hey, Melbourne. Hey, Melbourne. We, we, we should have met this year, but we did not. Hopefully we'll meet next year. Um, at the Melbourne Festival. But you know, they're now uh, under like super strict lockdown until the middle of September. Like they, Yes, because it, it all came back, didn't it? Oh, man, yeah. That's going to be us soon. Woo! I don't Second so. wave, everyone. Strap in. I don't... Nah, nah I don't think so. I This is going to come I, back to bite me, but I'm going on record here. I don't... Like, no matter how bad it gets, I don't think... The Tory Party can 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 survive another full national lockdown. It'll just it'll be like loads of little ones, I think, or like localized. I lockdowns. don't know. It depends if the, if the R rate goes really high and people start dying again. What are they going to do? Finally, just come out and say, "Well, you just go out and eat some fucking Thai food. <laughs> just go out like we told you. Eat some Thai food and shut up about the R number." I think they're probably just hoping that. That AstraZeneca are right, and that they're going to have all the vaccines ready in October. Yeah, and just in time for a, a Halloween vaccine. 
Ah, yes. Hmm. And it'll turn us all into zombies in time for Halloween, like in uh, Resident Evil. Ah, fun. That'd be great. Yeah. Because I never have a costume. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or well, everyone was, is going to, uh, to Halloween this year as pandemic victim, whether they like it or not. <laughs> I'm going to That's go to the costume. I'm going to go to Halloween parties dressed as the um, coronavirus, but still like going around going, guess who I am? Guess, go on. Go on. Guess who I am? And I'm getting really annoyed when anyone yeah. else is dressed as anything regarding coronavirus. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> what would yeah, be some good Halloween like... costume ideas for this year? Uh, going as the bat. The bat. The bat. Yeah, but bats are sort of a mainstay of Halloween anyway, aren't they? Yeah, but you go as the coronavirus bat by dressing as a bat and then having like... A big thermometer in your mouth with a high temperature on it, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and an ice pack on your head. That'd be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that you can tell someone is sick in a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, coronavirus bat. Um, the coronavirus itself. I either, either like bouncy, like like um space hopper, you know, with all things sticking out, coronavirus, or put a crown on your head and cover yourself in Corona bottles of beer. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And then the bits that stick out are actually beers, and then you're actually like a kind of walking beer dispenser. That's pretty ah, good. Fun. That is yeah. advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hey. real good. Hey, I got Halloween in, in my blood, boy. Do you? Why? I oh no! Know. Is that one of the coronavirus symptoms? Yeah, yeah, spooky pumpkins in your blood. Oh no, for up to a year. I I think I've I grew up thinking even more about Halloween than a normal little weirdo nerd because the Isle of Man, of course, has its own uh, unique Halloween tradition. Hoptune is what we call it on the Isle of Man. Ah, like the Scottish Hogmanay. Hoptune. Yes, hop similar, but um, the Isle of Man's Hoptune is like. Uh, oh no, Hogmanay is a new year. Yeah. But why does it sound so similar to... Does nay... Is nay some old word for something? Well, nay, nay in Manx Gaelic in, in Hoptune is spelt N-double-A. Uh-huh. So it's Gaelic, whereas I think Hogmanay's roots are, are Germanic, Lowland Scots, I'm not sure. So it's complete coincidence that they sound similar? I think so. Ah, great. I think so. Well, just, that's just great. I look like that. <laughs> a a yeah, bleeping Hoptune. idiot now. A carving idiot. moots, carving moots or turnips into horrible faces, and singing about Ginny the Witch. Second appearance and, uh, for turnips already. Yep, yep, this... yep, 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 yep. Although, what are neeps? It is turnips, isn't it? Yes, neeps, neeps and tatties. Yes, it is turnips. It's not past yes. nips or nipples. It's turnips. No, it's not just nips. <laughs> it's not just ground Cover your nips. Are these neeps? <laughs> Neeps. That's the sort of accent of um, Ren from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> nipples. Actually, there's a whole episode of that where they go on and on about rubber nipples that I'm still astonished looking back. Look it up on YouTube, listeners, and be amazed that it was a children's show. Really I was, always, I was always shocked Ren and Stimpy wasn't in children's channel. I'd assumed there would have been a mistake. <laughs> I've been inquiry. 
like uh, the guy in charge of Nickelodeon or whatever. It's like, you put what on? <laughs> Those tapes never should have seen the light of day. They should have stayed in my safe. I guess it's kind of like a precursor to Adult Swim, right? Those sort of cartoons that's really, you know, straddled the line between adult and 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 children. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the that, the 90s was when all that sort of stuff kicked off. I mean, I think Adult Swim even started late 90s, early 2000s, maybe even earlier. But also just MTV. MTV was one of the first channels that was like, we're going to start making cartoons for grown-ups. Interesting. Um, Mike Judge. Mike Judge, who did, obviously, King of the Hill, Office Space, mm-hmm. um, Silicon Valley, I think, is his as well. Okay. Um, blah, 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 idiocracy. He is the Beavis and Butthead guy. He he did Beavis and Butthead. Uh huh. And that was an MTV one. It yeah. Yeah, I get you. Mm. I yeah, get you. Yeah, yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss oh speaking of nostalgia i saw a nazi on the tube yeah (laughs) yes yes you did my christ i I had my first face like confirmed nazi spotting on the tube like i i I knew that going on public transport right now was uh, um hazardous but i had no idea just how hazardous there was a um he was he was had blonde hair shaved on the sides like he was in a viking film because uh, the vikings all apparently had really good like number one razors yes exactly. electric razors. they had fades they had sick fades <laughs> Um, but yeah, and Vikings always have this perfect, perfectly flat shaved side size of the head. Um, and he had this swastika just tattooed on, just behind his right ear. Uh, but he was also wearing a face mask, so I guess he wasn't all bad. It's interesting, isn't it? Because often being an actual Nazi, oh, excuse me, move my chair, um, is tied with believing in a lot of conspiracy theories but clearly he doesn't believe the mask conspiracy <laughs> theories well he's got to weigh his love for conspiracy theories with his love for authoritarianism yeah and, and so, his idea that a diverse city like london is full of danger and disease interesting yeah but then on the other side on the other hand if he is a member of the ubermensch master race surely they should be impervious to a little little respiratory disease well that's one of the um one of, one of the signs of fascism that umberto echo talked about which is that if you are a fascist you have to present your enemy as unbelievably dangerously powerful and also easy, incredibly weak and easy to defeat at the same time mm. 
So you have to be like, the enemy is so dangerous that we all need to unite under one dictator, but also we'll defeat them immediately. Right. Yes. Interesting. So you always have to have an enemy that is simultaneously, essentially Thanos and <laughs> Scrappy-Doo. Those are, the, those are the two versions of your enemy. But I was just amazed that this guy could was just so willing to... And he, like, he'd shaved the side of his head almost to make it look... Well, to reveal the tattoo more. But then also to have had it tattooed in a slightly concealed place behind the ear. Like he couldn't decide how much he wanted people to, to know he was a Nazi. It's a bit He's flirty, like a coy, isn't it? Yeah, Tattoo very flirty, very coy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> but otherwise, he's just, just like big... a dude. He's just like a guy, just <whistles> just sort of waiting on the tube for his neck for the, his stop to come. Like, <laughs> how big was the the swastika? Ooh, um, a bit bigger than a fifty pence piece. Really. Yeah, it's like significant. Like I was two seats away, and I could make it out pretty clearly. Okay, so maybe like because you said I remember you said it was inside a circle, like yeah, a lot yeah. of swastikas are. It was like, like all good swastikas. <laughs> and um, it was at the Nazi angle, so the you know the swastika itself was angle. It's not like the Buddhist one, which is so sort of straight, but the Nazi sort of tilted one. But then it was in a circle, so that the legs of the swastikas were were sort of curled to fit into the circle, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sort of aerodynamic looking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like an, sort of two inches in diameter, say. Mm, let me have a measure. Y- yes, yes, something like that. Maybe, yeah. Now, yeah, it's pretty big, man. Maybe that, a bit that, Maybe like, a bit less, maybe one and a half inches. Um, that's like that's, barely covered by the kind of shadow of your ear. Yeah, yeah. It was quite extraordinary. It took, you you, I had happened? a real double take, like, well, huh? <laughs> I can't, couldn't believe it really for a while. I give him the benefit of the doubt for ages. Like, maybe it's just like a Celtic thing. Because it's kind of got that sort of Viking Celtic-y kind of curliness that they sometimes have, you know? But maybe that's been yeah. imposed by these these sort of... Uh, maybe he's like um, a Scandi, a sort of Scandi Nazi. Well, the... the um the oldest swastikas in in Europe, we we say swastika, but swastika is the is the Hindi word. They're not actually called swastikas anywhere other than us, and that's because we colonized India. Ah. Um, in German, it's called I think in German it's called the Hagenkreuz. Okay. Something Sounds cross. delicious. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Ein bisschen Hagenkreuz mit der ice cream, yeah. <laughs> ah, um, nothing like a. Oh, an ice cold Hagenkreutz. Hagenkreutz, just a, a flagon of Hagenkreutz. Three Hagenkreutz, please. The lads are thirsty. <laughs> a pint of refreshing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Hagenkreutz exactly. has like been the- brewed in this city for centuries. It's a, you know, ah, yeah. only the best wheat. <laughs> Only the whitest wheat. It's all white beer, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> white or yeah. blonde beer, yeah. White and white beer or blonde beer. Those are the two best beers at the Hagenkreuz Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, but yeah, the oldest swastikas are like uh, Bronze Age symbols of the sun that you get on weird carvings and spooky rocks and things like runes. That's mm. where they got it from. 
Right. I was making fun yesterday of that whole thing where people go, and the swastika um, in India and in Buddhism is a symbol of peace, and that is why when it is a Nazi one, it is the other way around. And they swapped it to make it, it was bad. As if mm. when Hitler was in prison writing Mein Kampf, he thought he just found a dictionary of Indian religious symbolism somehow and was flicking through it. <laughs> and underneath the big swastika, it said symbol of peace. And he went, well, we'll see about that. Ooh, I'll, I'll flip it so it's pointing the other way. <laughs> because I'm evil. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and imagine Hitler having to explain that to like an audience of drunk Nazis in Munich in the 30s. And they go, this will be the symbol. And they all go, what is that? And they go, well, so in India, there is this thing. It is called uh, swastika. And it's like, um, so it looks like this. But uh, so it's the other way around, right? You're like, just hang on. You're like this. As uh, obviously, we're all very interested in Hindi history and culture. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how, how much we like... Um, Buddhism. Well, okay, here is the joke. It is the, it is a switcheroo. It is reversed. Yeah, because we like the war and killing because we are evil. That's right, isn't it? We think of ourselves as evil. Yeah. Very, very, very silly. Not true. It's a weird old German symbol that has been turned into this thing but then that's that's the dodgy thing is that you sometimes get these people going like uh, oh um i'm not going to let the nazis win and t take the lovely swastika away so i'm just going to have a full chest tattoo of the swastika and you're like right but do you think these racist things and they go oh yeah mm, right like they're always still but, racist. but that's pure coincidence i i believe slightly different racist things of my own <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i believe that it shouldn't uh uh involve open warfare ah so i'm nice i'm a nice one <laughs> yeah no, get in the bin get in the bin what do you think would have happened if you were like so you're on the tube you're near this fucking actual nazi mm. which in a way, must have been like as shocking as a cold plunge pool because we've become used in this country to so many people just being called Nazis generally. Like it's a it's a sort of thing you say, isn't it? Yeah. But now there's an actual an actual one, an mm. actual one is there. What do you think would have happened if you'd just sort of gone, "Hey, excuse me," and he'd looked and you'd pointed at like on yourself where it is behind the ear and gone, "What? What the hell, man?" I know. I mean, I, that's what I was thinking at the time. Like, what what, what would happen if someone? Just, oh, I what I pictured was you sat next to me on my right, and yeah. me nudging you, and then going, "Hey, look at that guy!" And then me tapping on the back of my ear, and then him catching me doing that. And what would happen then? That's what I was thinking specifically. Yeah. Would you? Would you? I, have would to... he be embarrassed? Would he be like, Ugh, like cover his face, or just look away, or change cars, or would he be like? Yeah, that's right. What are you going to do about it? Or would he just like stay staring forward or at us, maybe? Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to stare us down. I, I'm, I'm not yeah, really maybe. sure of the, the Nazi position on East Asian people either, because surely they must have a bit of a soft spot for the Japanese, for helping them out in that. Yeah, I, th I mean... I. <sighs> You'd think so, but I, I think I think that they always just sort of go, oh, like they always find a way, you know. That's what they say. Nazis will always find a way to be racist. <laughs> yeah. I it would have been funny if you he'd caught you tapping that you're behind your ear and then you'd pointed and gone like, where can I get me one of those? <laughs> Give him a big thumbs up.
If anything, <laughs> the, the Nazis should hate the Chinese most of all, because if, really, if they really are obsessed with one race holding all the world's money, they're kind of looking in the wrong direction. <laughs> Do you think... Um... Yeah, God. In a in a way, it's kind of like that that guy on the tube with this tattoo is the ideal person to get into a physical fight with. Well, in what way? Hello. Oh, you cut out there. I I, I just heard you say well. Oh, sorry. Um, you, you said he's the ideal person to have a fight with, and then I said, in what way? Oh, you cut out again. Uh, yeah, well, unless I'm losing you too. Um, just wait. The, the, ideal, the ideal person to have a fight with, and then you, and then you said, in what way? Is that what you said? Y- yeah, in what way? Well, because, okay, first of all, you get into a fight with a Nazi, right? And... You don't need to feel bad about hurting the Nazi. Okay. I've, I've, if I've ever been in a fight, like when I was young or whatever, then you, later you think back and you go, oh, I really like that was a, a, a needless escalation that happened between me and whatever guy in a pub or at school. And we didn't need to have a fight in the schoolyard. And we could have solved it otherwise. Whereas with a Nazi, you can be like, yeah, I'm, I wish I'd punched him more. <laughs> He's a Nazi. And then also, you will never ever be looked down on or probably even get into trouble for doing it. Right. You can yes. say for the rest of your and, life, and, and, I and, saw and, and a Nazi. He's, and, I f- and he's unlikely to go to the police and admit to being hurt by a minority, is he? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, really... Well, but also, like, for the rest of your life... You really what, sorry? I'm really over-egging my fighting abilities here, probably. No, you're black belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a long time ago. But um, for the rest of your life, you could say, I, I, I saw a Nazi and I fought a Nazi. In me, I, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, def- I defeated one. I could say I fought the Nazis. What did you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we could finally talk on an equal footing to the generation that the boomers pretend to be. Yeah. <laughs> it skips a generation, of course, fighting the Nazis. Yes, 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 yes. It goes, it goes fighting, uh, passively indulging, fighting, passively indulging. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, you fight the Nazis, then you fight high cholesterol mainly, and then uh, you fight the Nazis again. That's how generations go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean... God, and if and if and if you could just, oh God, you could just always say, I I be, I saw a Nazi and I fucking beat one up. That would be glorious. I mean, I, and even if you lost, you could still be like, well, I stood up for what was right when that it mattered or whatever. Mm, yeah, God, it's it's, oh. it's what getting my ass handed to me represented that really matters. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> When I was being kicked to pieces by When I was pleading for mercy. When I promised to become a Nazi as well, if only they'd stop. Where were you? (laughs) When I was trying to pretend that I was pointing at him as a compliment. (laughs) 
<laughs> when I was attempting we to home. see Kyle, if, but I couldn't get past their swinging legs. Where were you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess the the worst feeling in the world would be if you did all that and then you found out later that like yeah he he used to be but he's reformed but he can't afford the money to get it lasered off so he's just but then he'd grow his hair out like that's the thing he'd grow his yeah or he'd buy some fucking foundation right yeah yeah you could put some little makeup on there something like that but um amazing to have seen a nazi in the wild yeah 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 it's it's a real um it's a real moment. What do you think that guy was even on his way to do? Some racism. Um, skateboarding by the looks of his outfit, to be honest. <laughs> well, either he's, that or he's, either he's that radical. Or he's, he was, from his outfit, he was either going skateboarding or to tech a theatre show. And <laughs> seeing as theatres aren't currently open, I guess it would have to be skateboarding. <laughs> Watch out for the tech. They're a real Nazi. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was off to police someone's grammar. Maybe that's what he was going to do. <laughs> or he was going to uh, go to um, Parliament and clap for them, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe he's off to uh, join the Conservative Party. <laughs> <laughs> How how annoyed must must racists be that there are like like the Conservative Party is sort of the most successful party in European electoral history and it's in power in the UK almost all the time. Isn't it the most successful and political it's, it's, party in the history of the world? I um it gets harder once you go outside of Europe, I think, but certainly in Europe they are. Because well, the metrics ever. change, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the metrics change. In the West the they are. change. Oh yeah, yeah. In the in the West, by 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 far, um, and it depends on what if you use percentages or over time. I mean, the mm. ANC in South Africa have never lost an election, nationally speaking. So there's that, but um, so it's like a hundred percent as a rate. But uh, right, yeah, right, so right, yeah. if you're like a proper racist, hard rightist, you must be annoyed that like people who are less right wing than you, i.e. the conservatives, are always in power. And also they have like Rishi Sunak as the chancellor, like a minority uh, uh, is a is the second highest power, second most powerful office in the land. Right. And that's what but, you're getting from the conservatives. And and right. And that's and that's the part of people are calling right wing. Yeah, they must be like, yeah. that's not right wing at all. Are you kidding? Yeah, they, they, to them, the Tory party must look like momentum <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah that's what that's what I mean from their point of view the Tory party must just be like that gang of fucking hippies <laughs> oh free legs. money for takeaway food free money for takeaway food they must be furious <laughs> well I mean we already know they're furious but like double furious I never even thought of no, that before they're yeah, they're furious yeah. <laughs> you sort of feel like there should be if you see someone with a swastika tattoo, you feel like there should be like a you know when they tag a rare bird. Right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Because you've got to be like, we, we really need to keep track of this thing. Yeah. Like, if you, if you encounter the rare blue-feathered stork or whatever the fuck, please try and tag it so we can figure out where they are breeding and... That's right. You know. well, yeah, you're right, because I felt like, am I supposed to report this to someone? Surely exactly. someone's trying to keep track of this sort of thing. Yeah. You, well, exactly, yeah. You sort of think, there must be... A, is there a button I press somewhere on the on the wall? Yeah. Nazi on the tube? Is that a... Is that a, a category? <laughs> Yeah, does he count as a, a suspicious activity? Surely. He surely counts as a suspicious activity. There are signs on the underground saying, if you see anything suspicious, report it. Uh, well, I've got a, an agent of the Third Reich here. Does that count? <laughs> In fact, you know those posters where it's like, uh, if you see something suspicious, report it. And it's always like, a, a spooky man in silhouette slipping into a train control center door. Mm. And in the background is the civilian seeing it and you can their hands on their chin like, oh, hmm, maybe I should report that. that. He wasn't dressed like a member of staff. Mm. Whereas if they, that works because it's a bit subtle. Uh, and it means that people are like, oh, that's the level. That's the base level I should be looking out for. People slipping into doors subtly like from a Jason Bourne film. Ah, whereas... If you had a poster where it was someone sat next to someone on the tube and on the left was a concerned-looking civilian with their hand on their chin going, hmm, and the person they were looking at next to them was an, a full-on neo-Nazi. was <laughs> <laughs> covered in swastikas with a fucking knife and big boots on. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, right, so that's the level of suspicious you mean. Well, I mean, it's like in 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 the states like where a, that where that that sort of city hall was taken by all these white guys holding literal assault rifles, and and the authorities just kind of step back and let them <laughs> let them stall storm city hall. Well, the and the authorities didn't just let them storm it; they let them stay there and get care packages of like food and supplies from their families. <laughs> really. <laughs> It's yeah, fucking it's unbelievable. Insane. That whole group had, was... Do you think if you're heavily armed enough, obviously and white enough, but also if you're heavily armed enough, they're just like, well, they could actually give the SWAT team a run for their fucking money here. It's not just one pistol between 50 of them. <laughs> to be honest, they look better trained than our, our police, so uh, we're going to leave them <laughs> on this one, yeah. Yeah. Our police have to do traffic enforcement sometimes. All these guys do is practice <laughs> shooting machine guns at other people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Maybe that's let, it. Maybe they just go. We'll lose. Fuck it. Let me know if you spot any uh, Nazis on public transport, will you? On, on a, I'll, I'll do my best. How prevalent it is. Yeah. Anyone, you, anyone listening, do do write in if you've seen anyone else wearing a fucking swastika tattoo, and we'll you, read your email out in a thousand years, I guess. Um, but yeah, listeners, let us know if you see any uh, Nazis. That's been that's the advice of episode seventy four. Nazi Phil Wang, Nazi spotter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't do much else. Um, I don't bring them any kind of justice. I just spot them. It's a recon. Yeah, I'm a scout. <laughs> um, but yes, that was seventy four. I think we're going to make next week another correspondent special. Uh, we might alternate listeners so we can we can get up to date and get some hot fresh correspondence every week like uh, freshly baked bread ooh delish mm. um, okay have a good week guys see you next week bye bye